0: what's going on closers welcome to today's podcast our yes i am a closer podcast this is nick dominic caminata we have a guest today that we're really excited for in fact we saw this individual at a conference down in fort lauderdale uh part of the bci conference there was a motivational speaker that we really hadn't heard of before but prior to the arrival at the event the buzz in the room around this guy was incredible Uh, he actually spoke to a group prior to our arrival And I'm telling you, everybody I bumped into in the hallway prior to this thing starting could stop talking about one thing and one thing only, and that was Waldo. And I'm like, well, who who the hell is Waldo, man? And uh, he got up and spoke to the group, and I'm telling you, it was radiating. Okay, We have a guest today that is unique and I think really important, because here's the thing. Our methodologies, our training, what we offer is really, really crucial. But if you're not motivated and you don't have the right leadership skills and you don't have the right culture, all that's for not. So we're really excited to partner with the individual who we feel could be the leader for our industry and really the world in this respect. Mr. Waldo, the wingman Waldman, is a decorated fighter pilot, a New York Times bestselling offer, one of the most highly sought after motivational speakers in the world today. And he's here with us. This individual has credibility beyond belief, but you know what he has more than anything? He has genuine authenticity, which is really hard to find. And it's a great individual. We're excited to have him on the show. We want to give him a chance to introduce himself. Thanks for being here with us, Waldo.
1: You got it, gentlemen. Nick and Dominic. Thanks for taking the time to chat today. I'm excited. Yeah, we are too.
2: Excellent. Well, Waldo, as Nick said, you know, part of the reason that we're excited to have you on this is like you said, we saw you in Fort Lauderdale and I was so blown away that back at our retail there in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it was a no-brainer for us. We invited you in to do a kickoff meeting for our sales team to get them really fired up, to get the year started. And the way that you combine your years of experience in combat and you through you know, 65 real-world combat missions flying F-16s and obviously a decorated war hero, a veteran, all that stuff. The way you tie that into sales and culture and leadership and looking out for your fellow wingman is unlike anything I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a no-brainer. But, you know, for those viewers who maybe don't know who Waldo the Waldman is, <laughs> you know, obviously you don't know it like we do. Tell us a little bit about you, kind of your your rise to, to become who you are and why, in terms of leadership and motivation, that our viewers could stand to take away a great deal. Because, again, we're looking at forging a partnership with you long term and you have a ton to offer our viewers. So to give us a brief synopsis as to the, the real Waldo, the wingman Waldman.
1: And so, and I appreciate it. And the, you know that the, the inner wingman, who you are as a person is what really counts. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fighter pilot. I'm a, I'm a husband, a parent. I've got a nine year old who's now uh, been promoted to the next level in his soccer team, only kid in the class or in, on the team that did that. And it's cause he worked hard. He was out there sweating and sacrificing. He couldn't kick the damn soccer ball a year ago, but he's put the time in and worked. And so humility and and transparency, like you were talking about, Nick, and congruency is really, really important. So from that context, I don't like to be known as a motivational speaker or fighter pilot. I'm a guy who likes to give people courage, to give people the thrust and fortitude and resilience and mindset to face their fears, and, and take action. I don't care if it's asking for the sale, dealing with rejection or dealing with their, their spouse, their partner, looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, how do I get better today? So I'm the guy that's always seeking to improve. I graduated the Air Force Academy and afterwards, I did 65 combat missions, watched my life flash before my eyes, uh, and then decided to get out and go into the business world. I was just ready for something different. So I joined the reserve, got my MBA, had a few sales jobs, uh, one was a, in defense contracting and then I weaned B 2 B2B merger and, a, merger and acquisition consulting with high level Fortune 500 companies, commission only. And so I know what it's like to make nothing a month or two and then 30 to 50 grand in commissions. So we talk today uh, about resilience and leadership and sales and preparation and communication, this isn't something that I just made up from the context of a jet. It's because it's who I am. It's what I do every day, not just in the past, but also right now as an executive coach and as a sales and leadership speaker.
2: That's amazing. And um, I love your book, Never Fly Solo, by the way. And I think that's such a valuable lesson that our viewers can take away. So I guess just in terms of the title of that book, you know, what do you really mean by Never Fly Solo, right? So what does that truly mean for you, not just in life, but also in business or in sales?
1: So, if you look behind me, I've got a bunch of women here. This is me all the way from the right, the tall, good looking guy. And then uh, all the way to the left, that's a joke, fight about it's always short and good looking. Um, this guy was a tall guy, that's my commander, uh, retired uh, two star general Haas Hyatt. And these were my wingmen, the folks that I flew with. There's guys here, but we flew with women as well. They were just as qualified. We didn't care about your race, your sex, your background, the color of your skin. If you can fly, if you can kick ass, you're ready to go. And so, I'm on the tarmac, and then a few hours after this, I was getting ready to fly one of my first combat missions. And people were getting shot at, shot down, things that didn't necessarily make the news. And I remember being a little scared, as you can imagine, wondering if I was going to get shot down, wondering if I'd become a prisoner of war.
0: And I got caught
1: now, and Colonel Hyatt looks at me and says, I know you're scared, but don't lose sight of me today. Follow the plan we briefed. I'll lead you to the target. He was asking me to trust him, wasn't he, guys? Yep. But he was also asking me the question, which is in context of the "never fly Solo theme of my book, of my speeches, and everything I do in life. And the question didn't come out of his mouth, but it came out of his head and heart, and it's the same question I was asking him and the same question your peers, your coworkers, your customers and prospects ask you. And that question, which is on this screen... <laughs> is can I depend on you? Can I depend on you? That's what he was asking. Will you stay in position? Will you follow the plan? Are you prepared? Will you have my back? And so realizing that you have to be prepared for your team. My customer at the end of the day was Colonel Hyatt. He was mine as well. We were backing each other up. And all the things that we did beforehand, the preparation, the mindset, the skill set, the gym workouts that we had, our focus and attention to detail, All came down to that. And so never fly solo means you're in touch and committed and trusting of that person staring back at you when you put your flight suit on every morning and you look at yourself in the mirror. And you're also trusting the teammates that are on your wing to be prepared to communicate with you and to hit the target as well. So this is a collaborative collaborative approach towards doing business and living your life every day.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that that's a important lesson, and especially in today's world, obviously, I think bringing that out of people is harder now than it ever was before. You know, and the culture has changed a little bit. You know, your background, the position you were in, it really, in some ways, forced upon you to develop that culture, right? I'm assuming it was mandatory. Um, You know, right now, in my position, quite candidly, and it's never ending, really. I'm, you know, I I have people in my organization, they want to grow, they want to develop. They want to be me, you know, they want to be the commander in chief. And I want to do a better job of being a leader that can develop them to become that, and not only through fundamentals, but also through inspiration. You know, what would you say to a leader listening to this that's struggling developing that culture, where would be the best place for that
1: leader to start? And, I, and I'm, I'm coaching at Siemens executive right now, a great dude, he's, he's having some challenges, but, you know, I'm trying to teach them, teach him that, like, you know, this is about leadership and growing them as human beings, not just as salesmen and women, right? And so, first and foremost, I think it's great that they want your job. I think it's great that they have that ambition. You want that in a salesperson. When you walk into a squadron of fighter pilots, you look on the wall. The first thing that you see is instructor pilot of the year, gun of the month, wingman of the quarter. All these wooden plaques. I've got them on my wall here. Flight leader of the quarter, which is my most esteemed award. Wasn't some Hayak award. It meant that folks chose me as the fighter pilot they wanted to fly with the most. And so, what you're thinking of, and salespeople are watching this. When you're walking in that door, and I'll ask Dominic and you, Nick, if you're brand new in that fighter squad, walking in the door for the first time, getting your mission file, you're getting ready to fly. What are you thinking when you see those plaques? I'd like to ask you. What do you think? What's going through your head?
0: So I think the the rub is, and Dominic and I have talked about this too, is that it's kind of an unfair question because we're somewhat unique individuals, right? When I walk in, I want to be the top of the board and I'm actually, no one has to help me and motivate me to become that guy. That's how I'm wired, man. But now I'm trying to develop that in other people where maybe they're not wired that way. A lot of people say they want to be at the top of the board. Maybe that's what they want in theory, but then the reality of it kicks in. You follow me? So yeah, to answer your question, I'm gonna be at the top of the board and I'm gonna be at the top of the
1: board. <laughs> if you're watching this video or listening to this podcast, you're saying and and that's not at your top of your mind, you're not built for sales. You are not an ace, you're not built to be a fighter pop. You have to have ambition. We're thinking, I want to be on that wall. And if you don't want to be on that wall, turn your ass around. You don't have the culture, the commitment, and, and drive to be a winner. Yeah. As long as you do it. Here's the kicker. As long as you do it with integrity, as long as you do it with honor and hard work and don't make excuses and have the courage to reach out for help, admit your mistakes, partner with the best in that squad and realize that it's going to take time. You got to get your butt kicked a bunch. Be humble. Go through the processes of getting on that. role. you see a lot of salespeople want the shortcuts. They say, "Yeah, I want to be on the wall, blah 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 blah." And they're like, well, "Why isn't this happening?" Well, show me the numbers. Show me how many hours you're studying in the state. Emulate you know, a time, right? How much are you walking on yourself? I didn't see you in the gym, man. I see you running out of the squadron at five o'clock. You did an eight-hour day. That's weak. Yeah. So show me the actions. But here's the kicker. And it goes back to your question, Nick. You have to emulate. <clears throat> excuse me. You have to emulate those characteristics. As a leader, they got to see you pushing up the throttle. They have to see you asking the questions, revealing your humility, saying, I don't know, I'll find out. They have to see you studying, questioning, learning, reading. They have to see you coming in, connecting with them as human beings, not just demanding compliance and protocols and numbers, but commanding them because you're truly connecting with them as human beings. They have to see your authenticity. You see, when you show them that you're not perfect, but then also demonstrate your acumen and humility, and they see you outside of your flight suit, perhaps at the Publix or Kroger supermarket, or how you're treating the waiter at the gym, or or the waiter at the the restaurant, or how you treat people that you don't know. They're, They're testing you. They're watching you. General Patton said you're always on parade. Yep. And so are you a, are you a true leader just when it comes to a sales briefing or teaching and training? Or do they truly see you developing from the inside out? They're going to monitor your habits and patterns. And, and here's the final thing, and I'll let you guys, you know, expand on it. You've got to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey man, did I hit the gym today? What's the last sales training that I went on? Who have I asked for help? Who's
0: coaching me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're taking the words out of my mouth because I'm thinking right now, that's probably the first place I'm gonna start. In fact, Louise, who's uh, our controller here, he's a big son of a bitch. He works out constantly, <laughs> and I just he just made me this nice cup of, of Nespresso, and he and he said he'd been working out, you know. And I looked at myself like, well, wh- why are you asking me this question? But I jokingly told him, I said, I know you're working out. I said, why don't you come knock on my door at 6.30 every morning and drag my ass out of bed and I'll, I'll pay you to train me. I said, I need somebody prior to give me a kick in the ass.
1: That's why you have Grassley University. Yeah. That's yeah. why you both have hired coaches. You both are humble enough. You both work out. And it's, it's a holistic approach. That's why I yeah. said it before, it's not just I was a fighter pilot, not just having good hands. It's not just your skill set or even your mindset. It's your heart set. Your passion, your drive, and how do you reflect that on the people that you work with? You know, I I, I was working out today and, I, and my son's on, on YouTube, you know, messing around with his iPad. i said, son, get your butt down here. I want you on that treadmill with me. I want to see some sweat all Let's get some push-ups. Hey, 30 minutes in the gym with me, an hour on your iPad. I'm starting to hold him accountable. He's nine years old, hey, you know, they're always gonna be distracted. He wants to play Minecraft, right? Um but <laughs> you got to put in the sweat. You have to put in the equity. And so it always starts with you and they're going to monitor and watch that. So you have to kind of emulate those, those things. And a lot of it is just really just being transparent because a lot of them may look at you kind of, they may be a little intimidated and they have to just see you connected with them. And then also most importantly is you have to have the high standards and in your life, in your business protocols, with your sales team, and say these are the standards. Can you meet these standards? Let's talk about them because this is the these are the protocols, the ten to twenty rules, the fundamentals. You know, show up early. Uh, you know, maximize your margins. Be fully accountable. Whatever they are, and make those standards high. And you have to be emulating them so much every day. And as soon as those standards are not being met, in that fighter squadron you know, of sales that you're in. You got to call people out right. and better yet, your teammates should call each other out. Hey, hey, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the standards. You, you, you was, dude, you were late for the mission briefing. You, you called a kill of that bandit on the heads up display and you, you, you didn't have the pipper on. You ran, you, you hit bingo fuel and didn't call it out. You didn't call out the things you were supposed to do. Dude, these are the standards. And then when
0: do you feel like it's time? You know, obviously I have a lot of pride, right? And I I think I've made the mistake in some cases of getting too close to these guys. You know, I think there's a fine line between being their boss and being their friend, but it's hard for me to let go. I almost feel like I'm responsible to make everyone around me that that amazing sales rep or eventually a a sales manager or whatever it is. But I, I need to do a better job, in my opinion, of knowing when it's time to cut it. But from your view, you know, when do you identify that? How do you go about it? Because obviously, I I would love to think everybody has it in them to become what you're describing and and emulate that. But I think the reality is not everyone is capable or willing for
1: whatever reason. And so a couple other quick things, and that's a really insightful point, Nick. Some people aren't cut out for it. Some people need this. They have the passion and the mindset, but they don't have the skill set, right? So you can teach them. They say, here's what you need to do. Measure those goals. Measure their performance. And then hold them accountable. But what's great about your team, how many sales folks do you have working with you? Uh, We're up over 25 reps at Matrix. And so if you're going to do perhaps a Zoom call or or a group meeting, whatever it is, I know it's a little different now, but who knows when people are watching this video, uh, a virus is going to be done and people will be able to meet more. But you know what's a great thing to do, Nick, is to highlight the top gun, the one guy or gal who's just killing it, and then let them share what is what they're doing to win let them be the spokesperson of excellence and lift them up and kind of puff their feathers up and say hey, i'd like you to do the briefing i'd like you to share you know what are your three steps of making you a success for your day and it doesn't have to do with business what is it that allows you to be a successor you had the highest numbers this month well the last three months what are the three things that you do and don't do mm-hmm. and that with them. let them reflect on each other and then and then the person that's the last in the class, so to speak, the one that's kind of lagging behind the fight and not getting the pipper on and messing up, they're going to go, mm, yeah, what do I need to do? And then challenge them to coach each other.
2: Yeah. That's a very good point. And the advantage of the home improvement industry, unlike like car sales, where you may be fighting other salespeople for clients is these salespeople don't fight anybody else for their customer. So one thing that I always encourage to instill that culture, that open book culture, right, where we're helping each other grow, is just like you said, you take the top guys that are doing it every single day, that are proving it every day, right, those top guns, and you have them come up front and share all the little tricks of the trade, their little golden nuggets, every possible thing that they're doing to be successful in the home, because one thing, you talk about humility, right? I'll go out in front of any sales team right now and say, you know, guys, I'd hate to break the bad news to you. I'm not as good of a salesperson as some of the people in this room. (laughs) And what I mean by that is I don't pretend to know all the answers. But here's what I do know is all of us as a team can come up with far more information and far more strategy than I could ever do by myself. So I'm going to teach you everything I know to be successful. And with your help, we can literally create this thing to be completely bulletproof and help each other grow to create the all-star team that's literally unstoppable. And having that instilled in your culture, I think, is key that you talk about. And I love a lot of the stuff from your book. You talk about, you know, attitude does not necessarily determine altitude. You got to have action. You have to take action. And we talk about that. You know, we talk. there's an ocean between knowing what to do and actually executing it, actually doing it, right? And one thing you also say that I'm a huge fan of is working smarter, not harder, right? Everyone always talks about that. Well, we find that's just an excuse to be lazy and procrastinate, right? So, working smarter or working harder is the smart thing to do.
0: Well, I feel like a broken record. I've been telling some of these guys, you know, maybe it's not the right approach, but you know, getting back to what they want and what they envision their value being, and these these, it's almost like I can't grab at something tangible. It's just something they feel a certain way, you know, and and what I keep telling them is, listen, talking about what you're going to do identifying what you might be capable of is totally different from actually doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, all that really matters is what you do. You know, that's a hard thing I think to get people to understand and embrace is that with absent of the execution, all the other stuff is for not, you know, sometimes people, they spend so much time strategizing, planning, talking about what they're going to do. They never spend enough time actually doing it and it never goes anywhere. And I feel like that's a syndrome quite honestly, that exists now more than ever. I don't know why, if it's because of technology or all this stuff, but I feel like everybody, even in our Grasso world, even with some of the companies we work with from a sponsorship level, quite candidly, I see that. And the bigger the company, the worse it seems to be. You know what I mean? Like the the bureaucracy that it takes for them to actually execute is almost, it's almost disgusting, Mm -hmm. right? It's like they're tripping over, they're in their own way. So how do you, you know, you're the guy. I mean, that's why I'm so excited for this partnership because I think bringing this to our audience, say, hey, look, here's an expert to help you break through that mold, you know, to get you thinking more about execution. Uh, you know, What do you think it takes to inspire that? In my opinion, personally, from what I've experienced, failure has been a really important prerequisite to my success. So sometimes when people are telling me, Nick, I'm leaving Matrix. I wanna go start my own thing. I wanna be a millionaire and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm ready. My comment to that typically is, well, you probably will succeed, but I think candidly you first need to fail. Okay, so just go out expecting that to happen and be ready for it. And then when you get back up again, then you can be me. Okay, but sometimes unless you've failed miserably, I feel like you're completely unprepared for what it truly takes to be that top gun. How would you respond to that?
1: It's very insightful and it's spot on. Like I said, you always have to earn these wings, by the way, 33% Thirty-three percent of the folks who go through any of the training, from the Air Force Academy to pilot training to S sixteen training, thirty-three percent wash out. Right, and you are on those wings every day. That's why they're on Velcro, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you could rip them right off. <laughs> so, but the ones, and this is like, because I remember my buddy Kaz. I got they called him Riddler. His last name is Kaziesco, but his call sign was initially Riddler because he asked so many questions. He was driving everybody. Crazy, always coming in with all these questions because he was studying the night before in the simulator practice. He's like, "I got these questions," and so he eventually became the best guy in the fighter squad. Absolutely kick butt. There's a chapter in my book when I talk about losing sight of him in combat. Robert Dale Kosciuszko, By the way, he's an emergency room doctor in Columbia Hospital in South Carolina right now. Went to Johns Hopkins, kind of like me. He left the military after killing it, and then wanted to kill it in some other niche and went to. Went to, uh, went to become a doctor. And so the questions, the humility, just constantly working on yourself to get better and just realize that i got to fail forward. We've got scars and PTSD. Fail forward. Mm-hmm. We have PTSD, post-traumatic cell disorder, right? <laughs> <laughs> Show me anybody. Show me the scars. That's one of the questions you should ask any of yourselves. Show me where you fail. How did you bounce back? You got your butt knocked out, you failed out of this or that, you know, so and so beat you for first trumpet in in high school, or you lost that place on the baseball team because the other guy was smarter, faster. What did you do to learn from it? How did you bounce back? Did you get in the books? Show me your scars. And those scars of character, that's where salespeople learn. You've got to be hung up on, embarrassed, abused. Look at your numbers and say, oh my God, I got to borrow money to pay my freaking bills. And if you're serious, And say, what do I need to do? So, asking for help, taking off your mask, and seeking, finding the coaches. But what's great about today is that you could just go to YouTube or go to podcasts like this. Join Grousel University, get coaching. A lot of different things are available to you. So read the books, attend the seminars, and finally find others who failed and have them share what they did to come back spend time with other top guns who, sh- who can share their stories who can emulate that in your life you know this is another thing about never flying solo and the people you hang out with on the weekends and after your flight suits off who are they what are they kicking butt in certain areas are they lifting you up emulating excellence and, and the principles of success or are they dragging you down yeah would you rather have a six pack of beer and, and eat doritos and watch football games Play Minecraft all day or or words with friends. It's okay, but you got to just look at yourself holistically once again and be around those folks and then show me the schedule. What's funny is that you're not hitting the numbers. Hey, you tell me what you do as soon as you get up in the morning. Show me what you're doing and I'll show you what your attitude most likely is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the people you surround yourself with, in my opinion, is uber critical. I'm from Flint, Michigan. So if you're familiar with Flint, Michigan, I mean, that's like one of the most press cities in America, and I was actually thinking about this the other day, you know, Dominic and I have been asked to do more like selfie videos and more impromptu stuff for social media, and I couldn't get the nerve to do it. I was going to do a video about this very subject though, which is, I can do it now, I suppose, which is, if I didn't have the great group of friends around me when I was growing up as a kid in Flint, Michigan, I wouldn't be who I am right now, you know, because I, I there were so many other paths I could have taken. My dad moved out when I was 15 years old. He moved to New York. I live with my grandma, I got myself up for school. I made my own breakfast. I got myself to school. I, I actually had a higher GPA after he left than beforehand. Something inside of me clicked. But quite frankly, it was the good friends I had around me. It was being in athletics. It was associating with the right people. And that was such an important thing. And I think that's an overlooked thing that's not talked about enough, mm-hmm. is who are you surrounding yourself with? You know, because that's what's molding you at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really the thing that's going to mold you. So it could be good or it could be bad, right? But I think it's so critical to people who are listening, digest this part of the talk because sometimes it is just those people who are around you. Are they cancerous? Are they poisoning you? You know, or are they uplifting you? And we talk about parking lot meetings. You know, how we have a zero tolerance policy here for parking lot meetings. You know, we have a zero tolerance policy for complaining about the quality of the leads we assign you. Like you say, making excuses. And that's a difficult culture to forge. And especially in today's world, where unfortunately I feel like the culture of the world today is a lot softer than it once was. Yeah. But you know, that's why we love your edge, you know, and your background, because again, authenticity, you don't have to try it. It's like, I don't have to, to have these conversations because that's how we were programmed.
1: Exactly right, it's in our DNA. It's, it's, and we are programming ourselves every single day. So just, you that's the thing, it's like, show me, show me what you get, I'll show you. Yeah, I hit the gym, I had a green smoothie, right? I, 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 I got on and was connected with my buddies. I'm doing some work. I was on the phone yesterday with another speaker who needed up. I showed her all my setup here, right? Uh, I, I said, I had other people help me. And I'm like, I'm paying it forward. So you got to take with honor. Take, take, take. Ask, ask, ask with honor. And that means you're doing it with honor because you're giving it away. You're helping other people out.
2: Yeah. I always, uh, I always tell my sales force on this topic, it's a very simple question to ask is the person that I am associating with most of the time, is that who I ultimately want to be long-term? Is that the person I want to become myself, right? So I'm not thinking like today, I'm thinking long-term down the road, the people I'm hanging out with, (laughs) like look at how successful they are. Look at what their vision is for their life. Who are they currently, like what's their income level? What's their status? How do they treat people? You talk about pay attention to how they talk to the waiters and the waitresses are they are they uplifting or are they bogging me down right and on this topic you, there's a couple of things i wanted to talk about cuz your life is it's mind blowing to me because we talk about overcoming fear right <laughs> and i think that's a big hindrance for people to even take action right is the fear of failure and your whole life is just is just crazy because you talk about the fears you had to face right it, it doesn't even make sense that you're a fighter pilot i guess one thing i want you to share with our audience is what were some of those big fears that could have potentially held you back and more than likely held most people back for pursuing your dreams and what do you feel was your driving force for pushing through those fears and ultimately achieving your dream of being a flying the f-16
1: for folks that don't know i, I suffered with a m- massive fear of heights growing up My dad, uh uh you know took me to the apple when i was a kid and i, I got really into the planes he was a mechanic totally blue collar and I, I'm like, I made a commitment after smelling that jet fuel and sitting in the cockpit that I wanted to fly. I told my dad I wanted to fly, and he's like, listen, son, you're afraid of heights. Probably not the best career choice for you. <laughs> 30,000 feet up, here. But I knew my passion for flying that, whatever it was, there was something inside me that said, i got to get airborne, what do I need to do? So I, I applied for the Air Force Academy, I learned about the military, and long story short, I was fortunate enough to do well in school. I uh, Graduated at the top of my class, got accepted to the academy, which would almost guarantee your your chances of getting in. You see, I open you open doors throughout your whole life. And, and it's not like, you know, I had to do well in school, how to do well in sports in order to get into the academy, I had to do well there in order to get into pilot training, I had to kick butt there in order to get the F-16 and get my wings. So the stuff if you're struggling right now, you know, everything counts. If I'm talking to a 25 year old young man or woman who's like, you know, worried and struggling like, okay, today is the first day of the rest of your life as we heard, you can struggle. You've got an opportunity. Don't worry about, it's not an instant wings on your chest. You've got to go through those sacrifices, but there will be headwinds along the way. There will be a missile launch, so to speak. And so for me, I'm at the Air Force Academy Freshman year, I show up to swim class and there's this 33 feet high diving port St. me. <laughs> and I looked at the instructor, I said, sir, do I have to jump off that? I'm panicked. And he said, you do, you don't even graduate the academy and have any chance of being a pilot unless you jump off that diving board with a 35 pound pack on your back. <laughs> That's even real, Jesus oh, right? And so, uh, you know, that wasn't in the brochure, right? No one told me that. <laughs> I probably would have worked out. Who knows? So I so for the next couple of months before we had to do the actual jump, I'm thinking just like you can imagine, like, oh, I gotta jump off this, this diving board. I gotta face my fear. And I gotta make that cold call. I gotta go in and deal with this rejection. I gotta go tell my wife or spouse that I didn't hit my numbers today. Or hey, guess what? I got the proverbial gold watch. We're going to Cancun. Or I hit numbers, I'm getting a promotion. Show me the work. You got to face those fears. So I jumped, faced my fear, and the analogy is: you have thirty-three feet high diving board jumps you got to take every day, and you've got to think what's on the opposite side of that fear. What is pushing you? And your your commitment, your drive, your passion is only really tested when those fears come, when the fun stops. So, so that was my first hurdle that got me thinking, I can break through this. I graduated the academy and then became an instructor pilot. Long story short, uh, things were going great for me. I was an instructor first and then flew the F-16 after that four-year tour. But uh, three years into my flying career, guys, I, I almost died in a scuba diving accident. First time I'd ever been. And suffered a massive panic attack, 35 feet under the water. It was the worst experience of my life. And three days later, I'm back in the cockpit flying a training mission. The weather wasn't good. The sun wasn't there. I was like socked into the weather, like clouds, thunderstorms, lightning. I was just just totally enveloped in the clouds. And I started to have the same panic attack that I had just a few days prior, but instead of being 35 feet under the water, and I was 35,000 feet there. And realizing that flash of panic that I had claustrophobia, I'm like, I got to get the heck out of this. Plane. <laughs> and, uh, probably is a good thing for a pilot to have. So essentially, folks, for the next eight years of my 11-year flying career, every mission I flew, be it in combat or training, I had to face this, this fear, this anxiety, and it would rear its ugly head on the and times I didn't know just come out of nowhere and I'd have these panic attacks and how to break through them and face my fear and still stay in that cockpit and, 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 and embellish the passion of being a pilot and then truly, truly focusing on my team and what and really helped me through was just getting out of my head and focusing on those men and women who needed me in combat, having their back, helping them fly, helping them, you know, dodge the missiles and, And sometimes the biggest thing that we need to do when you're facing a fear or a struggle or an obstacle, you just got to put yourself into the shoes of your teammate. Put yourself in the shoes of the customer. What are their fears? How do you truly help them? And when you distract yourself from yourself and you serve, you realize that excellence is a byproduct of service. And the best salespeople, the ones who shut their damn mouth and ask the damn questions, smile and connect and say I don't know and I'll find out someone for you the ones who refer their buddies their co or their competitors for that homeowner or for the insurance person whoever it is those are the ones that win and that's why once again never fly slow because as long as I was focused on them and knew and knew that they had my back I was fine with you guys in a sales mission we're creeping up together hey man I'm fearful but I'm a lot more courageous Because I know Nick and Dominic are going to have an answer if I don't. We're flying together, man. So sales teams know who to go to to create that insight, to help you deal with that potential obstacle or that panic attack or that claustrophobic fit that you may have. That also builds more resilience in your life. And the more you're used to that pain and, and struggle, the more you're like, I've been there before, man. I've had these panic attacks. I'm going into the biggest $10 million meeting of my life, man. There's a lot at stake, but, man, I've been here before. So what I'm trying to say, guys, is that go through these struggles. Uh, be the example of character and breaking through And Nick and Dominic, both of you guys, that's another thing that you can share with your team. Share your struggles and how you defeated them. Let them yeah. see that you're afraid but that you're actually despite it. And the more you're used to that environment, the more you're used to the high stakes, pressure filled game of flying sales, combat missions, the more you'll be more confident and competent, and courageous to say, I could do this, man. And that's what resilience is all about, especially when you're flying in dangerous areas, in particular when there's a precarious economy that we're all in right now.
0: You know, what can you do? To, what kind of, almost tricks could you play on yourself in your own mind to create that desire factor like you might have if your kids are down there drowning for example like for me it was my failure right right not everyone like like i openly Mm -hmm. tell people like i told you earlier you know you may have to fail and fail miserably and lose everything you have Mm -hmm. before you're truly going to get to the point where you're going to be as successful as you want to be but the reality is most people you know, they're not going to get to experience that. Mm -hmm. I look at it like a positive. I was lucky that at a young age, I was able to experience this. I started a business at a young age with my brother, Nathan, who, you know, you know, we failed miserably and it sucked at the time. But when I look back at it, I'm like, holy shit, that was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. Because if I hadn't failed like that, I wouldn't be nearly as motivated as I am. So that's my why, you know, that's in the back of my mind all the time. But the thing is, when we look at the soft world we're in right now, I hate to say it, and we bring people in who've never experienced that before, I think what he's trying to ask is how do we, how do we wire, rewire them mm-hmm. to think like I do, having not had that failure? You know what I'm saying? And then make it so that they're not fearful to, to do what's necessary. You know, I'm not fearful because I know what it's like to lose everything I have. I know what it feels like. And I'm not really all that worried about it if it happened to me again, quite candidly. I actually love tests now. I jokingly tell my sales reps, we can take all the leads that we're about to issue today, shuffle them around like a deck of playing cards. You can hand me whatever two you want to hand me and I'll run them with more enthusiasm than if I get to choose the best one on paper. I am so good at selling stuff; I get bored walking into stuff that's too easy. I want challenge. I giggle in the back of my mind. I'm like, "Give me every ounce of resistance, customer. Make it hard on me, because otherwise, this is boring. It's flat out boring." Right. But I'm a maniac. H- how do we get other people, you know, to think that way? How do we get them to get into that mode?
1: Spot on. You know, you don't want all the Glen Gary leads, right? You know, <laughs> no. Real leads they the ones that you got to work for. And anything tastes better when you work for it, when you struggle for it. And that's why the snowflake generation, which you're getting at, they're, used not, they're not used to putting themselves in those precarious situations. They're not pushed. They wake up every day, everything's given to them, right? And so the gift of the struggle, you know, the, the character and that, and that mindset, that's why you got to go deep. It's not to say that you can't still be a winner if you, you've, you've got the skills and the mindset. Right struggle that much but it, it pushes you even more because at the end of the day you got to find what i call the why before you fly yeah you know the meaning to the mission before i strapped into those jets i'm like holy shit i'm flying an eight hour night combat mission the weather sucks i, I don't want to have to do this i'm like oh my god and so use a couple things number one I'm, I'm, you got to be that coach somebody up there is dependent on you who needs you to win your spouse your kids the customer, what's your future? Do you want the dream home? Do you want the job? Like, what is that compelling driving force that that, that next level? And you gotta stay visual with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so find out what it is. And sometimes it's a hard thing, especially when you're successful, to re-gauge what that is, that next level is for you. And all of us over here are successful. Many of the folks watching and listening to this, very successful. You go like, man, I can probably retire tomorrow. What's driving me? And that's why this pandemic that we're in, the challenges that we're in, forces us to think like, what am I, why am I doing this? What is it that drives you? Let me tell you what drove me. The fact that I didn't want to have to look back on my life as a father, because I was single at the time going through all this, and I have to tell my son, because I'm nine years old with his wing mom upstairs, hey, guess what? Your dad had a dream, a passion to fly jets. And as soon as things got tough, he quit, don't do as your dad does son, face your fear. I want to be able to tell him, let me tell you son, and he's learning it slowly and surely. Your dad struggled. he suffered, but he got his ass back in that cockpit and he pushed up the throttle. And I have the credibility in my voice and in my passion and my actions. I went through that struggle, I faced my fear. I had missiles launched on me. I didn't quit like some of the other guys did. Some folks came back, I've had these wings in my hand after some of the missions, say, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. I quit. And by the time I walked back in there, they slowly came on that chest. I said, one more day, one more day. I don't want to look back on my life with regret. That's the killer. That's what will sap you of your manhood or womanhood. Regret looking back and say, shit, I could have done it. You got one shot. Who are you? That's the thing you got to ask yourself. Who do you want to serve? You want to tell your kids, your best friend, your mom and dad, your grandfather, maybe suffering in the hospital right now, and say, "Granddad, I did it. I struggled." What stories are you going to tell them? And what stories are you telling yourself? Looking yourself in the mirror and say, "I trust that person staring back at me when I put my flight suit on. I'm going for it." That's the difference between a squadron of, of peak performers, of fighter pilots and aces, and average people. That's why you're trying to instill that in, in those guys, Nick.
0: No, I love what you're saying. I mean, I think, I think you gave me an answer, and, it's, and it, it, it's, it, I needed to hear that. And I, I think what you're saying is going to help me a lot, you know, because uh, what you're saying I think would resonate and would help motivate the team to, to, to simply, hey, you may never fail mm-hmm. like I did. You know, you may never have that type of motivation, and that's a painful process. But like you say, you're going to have to look back at some point in life on your life you know, And everyone eventually, is in a, their life is unfortunately going to come to an end, right? That's inevitable. And do you want to look back and say that you half asked it and that you didn't accomplish your goals and you didn't set the right example for your children if you're lucky enough to have a family? I'm going to use that angle in a positive way because I feel like that really should, if that doesn't inspire somebody, then I think that's maybe where we can identify perhaps they're not the best person for the position. But for most people, that should inspire them.
2: That's what I've noticed, too. Like, we talk about the three of us, right? What makes us more unique than the average bear? And I think it's having that vision, that burning desire for that vision long term for your life. Because you go up to the average person, and you're like, hey, Nick, who are you? <laughs> who do you want to become, right? What's your purpose in life? What's your long term vision for yourself? What yeah. legacy are you leaving behind in this world, right? What are people going to say about you when you leave? Your kids, your friends, your your coworkers, right? So w- again, what legacy you leave behind? Most people have no idea what their vision is. I even have my sales team put together vision boards and a lot of people laugh at me, right? But guess what? The people that did it, guess what happened?
0: They got what was, <laughs> they on, got the- what
2: was on the freaking vision board, right? So just understanding what is my true purpose in life and why, like you said, the why before you fly, that's such an amazing message there. I think more people, it's just... These little things make all the difference. That's one line that we have at Grassy University. The little things don't make the little difference. They make all the difference.
1: And they, yeah, that's well put. It's just, uh, and sometimes when you're in that humbling zone of value, you got to take some time and say, okay, let me, let me reflect. It's, it's painful. I was have a saying, pain leads to peace right when you and you guys like you guys like working out when you're in the gym and you're like sweating struggling you're about to pass out like oh my god this is painful you know and, and you go through the struggle and then suddenly man after that after the workout you're like you guys know that high right the, the high you get when you're like oh i did it not because you not, not because you suddenly lost the weight because some of us are struggling not because you picked up the phone and and uh and got hung up on or rejected, and, and didn't quit, and made made your commitment of twenty cold calls or bold calls. By the way, you should never cold call. It's only bold. Another discussion. Not just because of that, because you you realize that it's peaceful because you did the work. You we have to say it in the efforts. The more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in battle. Yep. What are you doing to sweat to, to sweat? And when you go through that pain that feeling that comes above you and that, that kind of emanates and that your prospects will hear that from you. They will sense there's something about this guy or gal. Why is he so confident? What is it about his inflection in his voice? Where he's compelling? Basically, I'm walking it out of here. This is very important because I believe it. Just like we could talk about this all day long because we believe in it, but notice the energy that's coming through the camera, that's going through my voice. This is how you sell an influence. Yeah, because you got a damn good PowerPoint for that matter, or because you went through your checklist of questions, not because because you you have a great product. It's because you you have this sense of confidence and and people connect. They smell BS more than ever. They 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 sense authenticity and tr- truth. And you may not have an answer. It's just something that emanates from you. But you you got to look at your work, just like we talked about. So show me your actions. Um, so anyway, it's it's a difficult thing. It's if we all have the answers, man, and we all know we gotta earn our wings too, man. We'll kick butt maybe today, but tomorrow something's just gonna slam down in our life that may humble us quickly. For us right now, it's the pandemic, right? everybody's economically challenged in some way or another. If it's not you, it's your family member or your best friend. And so now it's humbling us to really go deeper. And and uh, put our jet in the hangar and say, how do we retool ourselves to get, to get better and, and drive ourselves and drive our personal development and growth and our future goals?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the takeaway I have, I've had from today's talk, and this has been great. I mean, like I keep saying, and I'm genuine when I say this, I mean, this was good for me to be able to have this talk with you today. And I'm looking forward to, to having more of these talks and, and digging deeper into your content because I need a coach too. Dominic needs, we all need a coach. We all need someone to motivate us. And I think the takeaways I got here is is conditioning really is what we're talking about, right? You have to condition yourself to be a great leader, to be a great person, to be a great salesperson. The conditioning really is the foundation for becoming successful, right? And who you surround yourself with Mm -hmm. and what your motivational factors look like. And I think if people can keep that at the top of their mind and invest time every day People should take more time out to, you know, invest some time into retooling their mind every single day. And, you know, that's what we want to provide people, you know, through your content, through our platform. You know, hopefully we can get to that place. But it seems like we're getting a lot closer to where we're going to be able to merge some of that great content. We're looking forward to having you at our event in March. Um, you know, we're really fired up. We, we, we truly believe in you as that person that we want to position as the, the leadership, you know, visionary you know, go getter, motivator. I think that the, you have the you have a great story, and you have the right mindset to help us accomplish our goals. So we're yeah. we're fired up, man.
2: And Waldo, I want to put you on the spot here. <laughs> um, obviously, one thing that you have talked to me about in our numerous conversations together is you're very selective on the people you choose to partner up with and the people you trust to be your wingmen, right? And ultimately. If you're going to trust us to look at your blind spot, right? Check your six and be your wingman uh, as Gross University. I guess, why do you feel Gross University has earned that right to, to be your wingman and, you know, potentially proceed in a long-term partnership together? I guess, what do you see in us and, you know, how it relates to you and your vision for your future, kind of the long-term partnership together as wingmen for each other?
1: So it goes back to when we first met. Uh, when you called, up, you called me on the phone, Dominic, and we had a conversation, and we—I always have an intelligence brief where learn, I learn about your protocols, your competition, your sales uh, issues and objections and objectives. And so I was watching you and learning from you, okay. And then also with Nick here, it's—it's it's also the fact that you guys didn't approach this with the answers. Yeah. You guys marinated the steak of the relationship. It's like you have to marinate the steak of the sale. It's gotta bake in. You gotta make sure it's just right. The seasoning, if it's not right, guess why? You don't want to put it in the oven. I'll throw it out, man. Spot mm-hmm. that marinated a new piece of steak. And so the fact that you came open as, as an open vessel, realizing, hey, this is the part we gotta, gotta take baby steps. let figure out how we can fly together is very, very important for me. And so I never, I don't feel pushed by you guys. I feel that relationships are important. And, you know, it's very important who you decide to be your wingman. And that's a very, very tough choice. I'm sharing this with the people that are listening and watching this. You got to choose your wingman very carefully. And I'll leave you with this. There's a saying I made up a couple of years back. Make your friends your mentors and your mentors your friends. I look at you guys as friends and mentors as somebody that can help me grow and that are going to be open and receptive to giving my... And and listening to my insights, and I'm sure we're going to lift each other up and most importantly, lift up those folks who are investing in Rossum University and my Wingman Ace program to make a better life for themselves, not just a better sale and hopefully make them better human beings to go out and conquer whatever missions and shoot down the enemy and and live a dream of purpose and love. So that's, uh, that's, it's important to me. And I think it's important to you guys.
2: And I love it. And one thing I, I want you to leave people with too is the push it up mentality moving forward getting our, our viewers to push it up in life. I guess, explain what that means and moving forward, why, why we need to execute that every day.
1: So ultimately when we, when we flew in battle, we, we'd yell out, push it up. One of my squadrons, it was that call to action. Uh, and uh, push it up means when you're in the, in the jet, you push up that throttle and you fully commit. You've crossed the forward edge of the battle area. You're entering the danger zone. There's no turning back. You're full power after Berna's on. Master arms hot, missiles are live and ready to go. You are in no aborting. And that's what push it up means every single day when you look at yourself in the mirror and you hear the clear for takeoff call from your team and your clients say, I'm signing on this contract to you. I need help. I'm delivering a check to you, a blessing to you. Please give me the value that you promised. That's your call to action to push it up and go all in. There will be objections. There will be missiles. There will be fears and obstacles. But you keep driving forward because that's what aces do. That's what top guns do. And that's what leaders do.
2: And I love that because if you read our Bible of in-home selling, actually right in the beginning, I use the analogy of an airplane trying to take flight off a jetway. Right, if you don't go 100% full throttle, you're going to crash at the end of the runway, and you're never going to meet your full potential. You're never going to get to what I call cruising altitude. Right, you have that push-up mentality. Go full throttle and you get to cruising altitude, now the good news, you can put the autopilot on, especially if you master a methodology and fly at 500 miles an hour and you don't have to think anymore because you know what you're supposed to do and now you're just in execution mode, right? And that's what some of the the top guns are doing in our business. Literally, you can go into a house, cruise control, autopilot, walk out with a sail every single time because they put in the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears in the beginning, right? You talked about the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in battle. You have to be willing to do that 110%, right? <laughs> Full throttle, push it up. And I love that. I love that mentality.
1: Yeah, well, remember, if you throttle back and the engine's off, even if you're at altitude, it's gonna start descending. And you only you descend when you don't have power. So the power, the thrust, keeping you airborne is that passion, is that drive, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's the heart set that's in there. Yeah. That's keeping it going, keeping that jet level. And that's what needs to be constantly refined and upgraded because it's not easy to keep a jet airborne that cruising out there. You got a lot of fuel you're burning. Yep. That engine's gotta be cooking.
2: Yeah, when you're ripe, you rot, right?
0: (laughs) Well, I gotta tell you, I'm excited. I think you nailed it on the head when you talked about, you know, the marinating of this relationship, you know, the ingredients that we're putting together here through the Grasso University. I mean, really for those listening who maybe aren't as familiar with Grasso, we would love you to be more familiar, but the reality is our our program, it really isn't just about Grasso. Our goal is to bring together all those key ingredients that we truly believe are necessary to provide you with the value and the guidance you need to become, you know, at the true height of your potential. And that's your key ingredient, in my opinion. Uh, The motivation, like I said at the beginning of this talk today, is without the motivation, without the right conditioning, without the right mindset, without the right disciplines, all of our methodologies and everything else is for naught. But with all the motivation and all the disciplines, without the methodology, you also may be met with some challenge. So I think putting what we're doing here together is going to be a beautiful relationship. And I hope those who are listening are anxious to tune in. Uh, we do want to invite everyone who's listening to explore our uh, web or our uh, explore our platform mm-hmm. and uh, our event that we're going to be doing here in March. So we really appreciate Waldo, you joining us. This was really good for me. Like I keep saying, I mean, I'm motivated right now. I'm ready to get out of this studio and get to work after talking to you. And I hope those who are listening right now feel that same way.
1: I am too. I, I this was great. You know, when you, you always know it's a great phone call when you're when you hang up and you're ready to ready to go to uh, to just take the hill, right? You're ready to take off and fly. And that's that's once again, that's a gauge of the type of people you hang out with. But they're sapping you your energy, not a good thing. But uh, but I, I love today, guys. By the way, if people want to Google me, Waldo Waldman or I'm uh, all over social media on LinkedIn, Instagram, Waldo Waldman, uh, that's a that's a great way to stay in touch and uh my website you if you want a little bit more learn a little bit more about me as well
2: yeah and of course if you want to experience the man the myth the legend on stage and i can say this open and honestly i've seen a lot of public speakers waldo is the best i've ever seen live in person the guy's a true master and he'll get you chewing through walls to go out there and run your next lead um, we are excited he's going to be at our event coming up spring 2021 so stay tuned for those exact dates and locations and can't thank you enough, Waldo. Love you to death and uh, I'm excited for the future ahead.
1: You guys are great, great people and I'm excited to fly with you as well. Godspeed and keep pushing it up. Yeah. Thank Thanks a lot. This is great.
2: Yeah, and yes you are a closer.